to Please Don't Make Me Watch. On this week's episode, you can expect mooncakes, corrupt coppers, cross-dressing, and literally 27 dresses. Cannot make it clearer. Yeah, I don't think you can make it clearer, but it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. So, this week, we're both kind of reeling from the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 4. First of all, congratulations to Monet Exchange and Trinity Attack. Well yeah, done. Well done. Yay. Yay. We are both fat drag queens. But, but <laughs> I, for me, the, I don't know, the tie has left me really rubbed up the wrong way because Monique and Monet had essentially identical stats. I just think, and also I just like Monique. More. More. I mean, maybe it's the edit, but maybe, also, yeah. like, as in, I really like Monet, and I was a massive supporter of her going into this, but just, Monique grew on me, she's so, yeah. fun. She's so much fun. And, and I think also she's, she's grown the most since. Yeah, 100%. Her series. Yeah. Oh, the cartwheels, everything. It was so funny. That's almost my favourite moment of this yeah. series. I think the reason it was Monet, not Monique, is because I think... In that episode, Monet performed better. Yeah, she did, but like that's not what it should go. No. In my opinion, that's not what it should. And I also think they should have had the guts to let the um, rest of the All-Stars winners pick. Yeah. Who won. Like, it was really annoying to me when they were like, no, just kidding. We're and then it was like, well, why are Chad, Alaska and Trixie here? Yeah. It, yeah, it. It also undercut the like fact that they're all white and blonde massively. Yeah. Like, if I was the producer, I would have been like, you want to wear maybe a brunette wig yeah. for one time. Just, just, just once. Just chat. Wear that long share hair you like to wear. Just wear that. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think after Manila got eliminated, for me it was like, well, Trinity's got to win. Yeah. Because she's done the best. She's performed the best. I think she's grown so much since season nine. Yeah. Although, still reeling from Manila being eliminated. Mm-hmm. There's, there's all talk about like Rob doing a robbed season of Drag Race of queens that were robbed. But then people also put into that mix Valentina, and I was like, no. Valentina wasn't rock, she went home at the right time. Both series. Yeah. And I think Valentina would say that as well. Yeah, I think so. But like, imagine a season with Manila, Katya, Tatiana, Shangela, Alyssa. Oh, it'd be so, so good. good. Even though I don't actually think Katya was robbed, Alaska won All Stars 2. No, but I like her. But that's why that season was a great season because it yeah. was like it was really close, but also like we kind of knew who was gonna win, mm. and it made it less stressful for everyone. Yeah. Involved. Whereas this season, I loved the fact that it was so wide open, and then they completely messed it up by being like, like mm. by acting yeah. as if they get to choose. And I know they do get to choose. Mm. I know that's how reality TV works. They get yeah. it wrong, and it's edited. But it's just annoying. Yeah. I wanted them to go with who actually deserved it if it's so wide open. Agreed. And oh. instead, it was like. We've decided that this would be fun for the audience. And I'm like, no, this is not fun for anyone. Please yeah. stop this. Yeah. But I have a theory and I think that I know how I want All Stars to be redone. So you still keep the contestant control, but also you keep the element that I think makes Drag Race the best, which is the lip sync for your life. Yeah. If you look at all the All Stars seasons, the two best lip syncs we got are Alyssa Tatiana and Latrice Monique, because they're also lip syncs for your life. Yeah. Um, so, every week there is a winner. Okay. The winner then has to pick from the bottom three who they're going to save. Now that is a good twist. Because you create alliances among the queens, but Rue ultimately decides who goes home. Because I think in, for example, the makeover episode, 
probably the bottom three would have been, and it pains me to say this, Monique Manila Latrice. Yeah. With okay, yeah, yeah. Naomi winning, maybe? Just? Yeah, I would think. Well, I don't think it was Naomi. Yeah, and I would think Naomi would probably save Monique. Yeah. And then you have a Latrilla lip sync. Yeah. And okay. Latrice goes home. Yeah, she should do. Yeah, and Latrice knew she should have gone home, and that's. Yeah. No, that's what I found distressing, is that I don't think she did know she should have gone home. Mm. She was like, ah, uh, well, you know, you have to look out for yourself. And I was like, like oh, no, 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 no. I don't no. care about you. However, it's done. Congratulations, Monet and Trinity. Welcome and to the Hall of Fame. roll on season 11, am I right? I want them to leave All Stars for at least a year now. Yeah, they don't have enough. No, even them. though I know who I want to be on the next All no, Stars. No, 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 don't even say it. No, don't I'm not putting it out there. Yeah. Have a gap, do season 12, then maybe do All Stars 5. Yeah, agreed. But now... But, anyway, moving on. <laughs> we also, coincidentally, have also both been to see the same film recently. Yay! We both went to see the Lego movie too. Not together, but... This one's gonna get stuck in some... No, we can't do that because we don't have copyright. No, but it, it, it does, and it was in my head all of yesterday. It's just a really fun song. It, it sounds like a Kesha song. Uh, like old school Kesha. Yeah, old school Kesha, like yeah. Timber. Yeah. Kesha. But I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's as good as the first one because I think the first one, you have that expectation of, oh, this is gonna suck. Yeah, and I was, well, yeah, I, I also just think the first one is a cohesive movie in that you start at the beginning with your protagonist. Yeah. It's the exposition. You get to learn about the new world and then it's mm. like, he goes around picking up more friends on the way and then the ending is like a twist, but also wholesome and meaningful and stuff, done. Yeah. Whereas this one, we've had all of that. So then the whole thing is just like, it felt like an add-on rather mm. than a plot of its own. Yeah. But I think you that's know. the criticism you can make of most sequels. I think this one... Not Paddington 2, which raised my Not Paddington 2, which yeah, is like one of... Or Toy Story 2. Or Toy Story 2. But I, th I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. I think it helps that the characters are really likeable. Batman. Uh, I mean, best... Batman. Putting it out there, best Batman is yeah. Will Arnett as Lego Batman. <laughs> and the bet Schiller. That oh, had me cracking iconic, up. Iconic. I mean also the um the star that when it spins then goes, I'm really dizzy and then puke glitter. I'm really dizzy. Oh. And, and it was me and about sister. six other people in the cinema and we were all crying laughing at that, which is the, one of the dumbest jokes in the film, but it just it, it was just, just really got funny. me. I don't know why it was funny. It just was. Yeah, I agree. It was interesting about like gender relations actually. Oh yeah, definitely. And, like not even just gender but like as in Brother sister the relationship. Yeah, siblings in general. Definitely. Having been the older sibling. And having been the younger sibling. Yeah, we probably have very different perspectives on that. <laughs> yeah, very much so. We can get into that at a later date. In that therapy session. Yes. But on right. with this week's episode. Week. So, for my TV this week, I asked Alice to return to the realm of science fiction. <laughs> and so, Alice, what did you think of Final Space? So, Final Space is a TV series from 2018. It's very recent, created by Olan Rogers. The series involves an astronaut named Gary and his alien friend Mooncake as they focus their intergalactic adventures and try to solve the mystery of the titular Final Space. And I know you're not a sci-fi person. You really aren't a sci-fi person, which is fine. Which is fine. Which is fine. Which is fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Cool. 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 But what did you think of this? Um, I actually enjoyed it more than I expected to. Yeah. I think the cartoon element 
maybe helps mm. because this I, is animated yeah it's animated so i feel like i'll suspend my belief completely mm. whereas i don't know i find i just find the sight of growing people pretending to be in space like slightly awkward and yeah. i know i shouldn't i know that's really stupid it's just a prejudice i think it's partially like um you know in like community where they have the fake doctor who yeah it really makes me think of that like oh no some flying astronauts But anyway, um, I enjoyed this one more, and also because it's like very adult and it's, very it's dark and the, the aesthetic and the tone are very different, I think, because yeah. it's very brightly coloured, it's very kind of in your face, almost children's cartoon colours, and then the yeah. themes around it are not yeah, that yeah. cheery. No, they're not at all. Um, the thing I remember writing down first of all was like amazing soundtrack. Oh yeah. Oh my god. It's yeah. so good. The music is incredible. It's really great. That made me like it so much more because I was like, people have thought about this a lot. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like very quiet, but then you have this like ding, ding. It's always it's always like a beacon. Yeah, I can't really describe it, but in the background, and it's really cool. And I thought, mm-hmm. I want that to soundtrack my life because I feel yeah. like I was being epic mm-hmm. all the time. I think also one of one of its strengths <coughs> is in its primary villain, which is the Lord Commander, voiced by David Tennant. Oh my god. Yeah, that's David Tennant. Wait, I didn't even remember who he does. He's, he's the, 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 the evil, evil kind of pretty guy. Like, I, was, I remember an evil guy, but I don't remember him, like, even... Why am I being such an idiot about this? He's you definitely in episode one. No, 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 I trust you. I watched this, like, three weeks ago. You can edit this one. <laughs> I just remember the episode. Like, I remember my general thoughts. Yeah. Oh! Oh my god! That's David Tennant! For our listeners out there, Alice is currently googling the Lord Commander from Final Space on her phone. Yeah, I'm really, really together. (laughs) We are a professional podcast. Professional. (laughs) Alice does all the research and I just turn up. I don't even turn up, he turns up at my house when I'm not dressed yet. (laughs) This sounds much more salacious than it actually is. I was just early. Okay. Back oh to Final God. Space. I just did not get that that was um, David Tennant. That's but he's, cool. I think he's a really good, like, menacing presence. And I think it's a similar thing to him playing Kilgrave and Jessica Jones. Is I think he does villains really well. He does. And we've, I mean, I've grown up on him as the Doctor. People have grown up as Casanova. And in other roles, and in Broadchurch, I think, where he's either an anti-hero or he's the hero. And having him as the villain, I think, is a really great decision. He's really enigmatic and powerful. I also want to shout out to possibly one of the cutest things that's been on TV in the past year and a half, which is Mooncake. Oh my god, so cute, so cute. He reminded me of Jellyfish in Finding Nemo. Yeah. He shall be my squishy. That one. He should be my squishy. He should be my squishy. Yes. But I think because essentially he's this sort of intergalactic green blob that befriends Gary and just wants to like also, what person was like, we're doing a sci-fi show, what name should we give our protagonist? Gary. Gary. I kind of like that though. I mean, I have friends who are called Gary, who I love, but also like, Gary. But it, it's also <laughs> why, briefly popping back to Drag Race, it's why I think the name Bob the Drag Queen is such a good drag name. Yeah, yeah. And equally Karen from Finance. Oh, it's Karen. that mundane with the fabulous. Yeah, exactly. And I think with, with, um, with Final Space, it is built up, I think the script's really good as well. Yeah. Because you've got kind of Gary and Kevin, who's this sort of robot yeah. happiness thing. It was really hard for me to work out what was going on at the beginning. Like, mm. I know that was intentional, but that was my kind of criticism of it. Was yeah. That it's just 
very confusing. Mm. And I know I could have stuck with it and like watched some more episodes, maybe like got to grips with the world more. And I did think this would be really good watching if I was just like bored. But then I just started Peaky Blinders, so I'm gonna watch that first. Yeah. But Final Space would be like a really good like one-off. Mm -hmm. And I think I think it is it is a very easy watch. Like it, the episodes yeah. are in twenty minutes. It you it's can by. Yeah, it doesn't drag at all. No. And I think as the story progresses, you get to know the characters much more. And they're doing, I think series two is coming out. Oh, really? End of this year. Oh, maybe I should um, watch And I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that you did too, because yeah. I think I think the, the aesthetic of it helps. Yes. That it is animated, that it is. And I really like very dark comedy, as we've discussed yeah. before. And it is actually just basically dark comedy, but set in space. Which Definitely. allows it to be darker because everything's more stressful. Yeah. So I guess that helps slightly. I think that's good though. Yay. Yay. I know. Yay. Woo! Um, okay, so moving on to my television show this week. I have high expectations for you with this. Yeah. It's Line of Duty. So the first series of Line of Duty was broadcast in 2012, and there have been, I think, four series since then? Four or five, yeah. Four or five. I know, I think they're shooting series five at the moment, okay. which I'm so hyped about. Um, and they have five episodes, do they only have five episodes per series? It, uh, yeah. I thought it was way more than that, how weird. Okay, so it follows DC Kate Fleming, played by Vicky McClure, DS Steve Arnott, played by Martin Compton, and Superintendent Ted Hastings, Adrian Dunbar, as they lead investigations into the corrupt actions of various police people. Mm. And it's just... Such a good show, and I really hope that you enjoyed it because it's like one of the best things that British television has produced in the last few years. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, this is. I'm I'm definitely gonna carry on watching this. Um, I think it's weird, kind of with in terms of police shows. I haven't watched that many. I think the one that stuck with me the most is Broadchurch, which is. I've never seen Broadchurch. This is very different to Broadchurch, I think. Yeah. And recently, at the slightly more ridiculous end, was Bodyguard. With Richard Madden oh, yeah. and Keely Hawes, yeah. um, which was some hot trash, but also very <laughs> enjoyable hot trash. But I thought Line of Duty was excellent. But I think. Gen, uh, didn't Jen Mercurio write Bodyguard as well? I think so. Yeah, the writer wrote both. I think. Yeah. But Bodyguard. Bit silly. Yeah. Yeah, silly. Um, I think um, the opening of this first episode is really reminiscent of the opening of Bodyguard. Yeah. And that's because they sort of, it's all this communication and then there's something goes wrong and then something goes right and it's very good at building tension. It's such a good way of gripping your audience immediately and yeah. yet introducing your characters in ways that it's not like, Here is a character. Hi, look at my bedroom as I wake up and look at the posters on my wall to show you who I really am. Yeah. I've seen them in situations that they could be in. Exactly. I think what really makes this work was introducing the characters in a way that it doesn't sort of exposition dump all of them. Yeah. It does sort of introduce this character when this character is necessarily introduced. Like, Vicky McClure's character isn't introduced until about 15 minutes in. Yeah. And I think that's the correct point to introduce her. Um, she's fabulous. Oh my gosh, she's so great. They're all so great. They're all so great, yeah. Um, and I think... Also, I love the fact that, I can't remember if it's in this episode or maybe like even later, but there are some times where they have a backstory but you like obviously that because you see them at work, you forget that they have lives outside of it. Yeah. But then you see them just at home with a spouse or like a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, and you're like, oh yeah. And that is how it 
is in real life. Like, yeah. You get to know people through your work, and then you see them in their outside life, and you're like, oh god, like. Definitely, yeah. Weird. And I think that's really good at capturing that. I think so, yeah. And I think also having uh, Tony as sort of the main antagonist, he's great, and he's really layered and complicated. I mean, you know me. I love a good villain. Um, so this is, I should say, there's a different, <laughs> sorry, there's a different antagonist at each season. Yeah. Um, so I remember who this one is, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I've only seen the first episode, but I'm definitely gonna, um. Oh I just, like, it's so hard for me not, I'm like, not gonna spoil anything. Please, please don't. Obviously yeah, I won't. Hard. It's so hard not to, because there's so many twists that you just like, are desperate to talk to people about. Yeah. But I would say in series three, I think it is, the final episode of that, there's like a five minute period, which was, I think, nominated for like the best five minutes of British television that year. Oh, wow. It's just the best. Like, okay. my flatmates watched it and I was like, tell me, as soon as you watched it, they came running in and were like, ah! <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah. hit me up when you watch it. Um, but I think, I think, like, I liked when I was watching it, I thought, okay, I think I know where this is going but it could also go in this direction, this direction. There's a lot of misdirection, but also kind of yeah. they are leading you through it. But it's like misdirection, but not in a way where you get annoyed at the writers. Because mm. you know, there's a, it, there's a lot of police dramas where they deliberately misdirect you, and then you're like, well, fuck you, why did you show me that? If yeah, that exactly. wasn't important. I think, like, the, for me, it very much reminded me of the first series of Broadchurch in terms of its tone, in terms of its pacing. Mm. I think Broadchurch is, much, is a very different show because it is... It's less in obviously it's less internal. It's more kind of a sort of more standard procedure in a way, but linked to two very strong central performances. And I think this is similar in the case of linked to four very strong central performances mm-hmm. um, with the three people investigating and Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just all of my notes are about Vicky McClure because she's amazing at this. Did she win a BAFTA for this or not? Maybe I don't know. Okay, she either a BAFTA for this or this is England '86, which I haven't seen. I haven't seen that either. Um, but I know that this this gets nominated a lot when it comes up, and it's very much oh, yeah. why I th- I think I remember actually this this came up in a year. I think it got nominated against Broadchurch, and I think it lost. Outrageous. I mean, you haven't seen Broadchurch, so you probably can't. But also, like, like is it is really thing. good, and I, I don't know anyone who's watched it and hasn't been like, oh god, this is good. Yeah, and I think it's it's great. What I do love about watching British TV is you watch it. And you she was think, nominated. Best Supporting Actress, BAFTA 2015. Supporting? Yeah, I know. That's definitely a lead performance. No, it's support. I think, well, I guess they chose that because she wouldn't have won for Yeah, it's not she'd like be more enough role. She would have been it's equally like with the current Oscar season why Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone are nominated for exactly. supporting for the favourite when really they are lead performances alongside Olivia Colman. Yeah, oh wait, I'm just seeing who she lost to. 2015. She lost to Gemma Jones for Marvellous. I have not seen that. seen or heard of. No. Bad tickets, right? She said it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think, I, yeah, this has me really gripped. And I do, I do like police procedurals when they're done well. I also like them when they're done a bit trashy, like Bodyguard. But I think this, I'm definitely Death in Paradise, are you watching that? I'm not watching Death in Paradise. I can't, Nick. I've seen, I've seen a few odd episodes and I'm like, this is, this is trash, but I'm loving every I'm second of it. I love all of it, except that they just made something really sad happen, and I was um, a bit like, you've betrayed me, like, she got death in paradise, yeah. I'm supposed to not care about any of this. Because <laughs> I feel like British TV has got those two sort of modes, it's got the very serious kind of 
dramery dramas like Nine of Duty, and then yeah. it's got kind of ones like Death and Paradise, and also I put Call the Midwife in that category where oh, they're no, like, like we're not serious, but no, no, no. Death and Paradise, they'll be like this man stabbed sixty-seven times, and then they walk off, <laughs> then the police people will walk away, and they're like short sleeves up to the sound of steel bands playing. We're like, but it's like it's like Call the Midwife. It's like you have malaria. Oh, there's a fate. Yeah, exactly. I love that kind of TV. Yeah, but I with Lime Duty, I think. It definitely keeps the suspense going, and kind of the mentality of that Tony Banks is the sort of it's the king, and there's a line where it's sort of it's basically a quote: "If you come for the king, you best not miss." Yeah, I think it's good, but like it's also good at having quite new, like it's a nuanced satire. Yeah. Right? So you're not just like you're a dick, but you are of the understanding that he is exactly yeah, evil. not evil, morally corrupt. Morally corrupt, but overall, I think. As an opening episode, great. Yay! Really great. Hurrah. Okay, film time, film, film time. time. It's film time. Yeah. So this week, I have asked you to watch the oldest film that we have put on the podcast so far. And I have asked you to watch Some Like It Hot. So, Some Like It Hot was released in 1959, directed by Billy Wilder. It's a story of two musicians who dress in drag in order to escape the Mafia following a crime inspired by the St. Valentine's Day Massacre starring Marilyn Monroe, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. It, is, it was voted number one on the American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Last Poll as the funniest film ever. I know, which is, is, is pressure and I think I think it is a very funny film, but I want to know what you thought. Yeah, I would not go that far. I wouldn't I go that far either. The funniest one. Have you seen a comedy? But also, it is great. It's like, great, yeah. You can see why this is a classic that's held up. It is a classic. It's fun. It's like it's very. It's just fun. I yeah. would say it's funny. It's fun. It's it's a it's a good caper. Yeah, exactly. It's got some very. I think it has got some very good jokes, especially the last joke in the whole film. Yeah. That cracked me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Um, no, I really enjoyed this. I'd never seen a Marilyn Monroe film even before, mm. um, so it was good to see her. It's a gentleman for blondes. No. Oh, gentleman for blondes is great. Okay, well, I was good to see her doing her job, whereas mm. you obviously you just see mostly her looking pretty. Yeah. And like being taken the piss out because she was supposedly like either dumb or evil. Yeah. Like, people can't really make up their minds. So it's quite good to just see her like act. Smashing it, yeah, yeah, really. She's great in this film. She's very funny. She's arguably the best part of this film, I think. Yeah. It wouldn't I, work without her. No, because I think I think you need that kind of... Do you know what I find weird? It's like the two guys are just not good looking. No. In my opinion. And I think even... I think this is sort of... Getting into this film, you sometimes hear talks about cycles of nostalgia. This is very much going back to the films of like the 1920s and 1930s. Equally how we're currently in a sort of 80s, 90s nostalgia cycle. Yeah. This is sort of that, but in the 1960s. And I think what's really interesting about this is that they're not Clark Gable, yeah, like a Gene Kelly attractive, because yeah. they're comedians, and comedians are sort of like funny man, lights come on, big clown shoes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But they're really great as like a double act. Yeah, they're fun. It's it's it is a romp. This film it clips along. It really does. Yeah, yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. I like the idea of like an all female band troupe yeah. that are going along and like. There's like a darker element to it. Oh yeah. You actually think about it. But exactly. It's fine. Because like a lot of the jokes, when the men, like so the two men are obviously cross-dressing in the middle of this like troop of girls, and it's kind of okay because the girls are like horny little alcoholics. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it all of them, which is fun, but like 
there are points at which you're like, breach of trust, mm. this is dark. But some of the bits with just with yeah. just the girls in it, I think I kind of watched them think, if this was in Bridesmaids, people would have no qualms. Oh it. no no no, I yeah. don't mind like all the girls being together is just fun. Yeah, no. It's more like when the men dress as women come and like essentially prey on them. Like, yeah. Then you're like, hmm. But it, But at the same time I kind of just was like, whatever. Yeah, and, and I, I think I think because comedy is is the art form that ages the fastest and the worst. Yeah. So you're you're always having to sort of think, oh, oh, this kind of makes me feel a bit icky now. But then you've got to kind of put your mindset back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I just kind of. And th I think those critiques are valid, but. Yes. I thought it was important to mention them. Yes. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily detract from the film. Because no. You can kind of just be like, mm -hmm. whatever. They thought that was funny. And Marilyn Monroe Marilyn is excellent. Marilyn Monroe is funny, and there are enough jokes that aren't based around. Yeah. I mean, Marilyn Monroe's attitude in this whole film was, I'm going to get that money. And I'm like, you get that money. Yeah, she's all about the riches. And it's and it's kind of, you could definitely, could be played as like a very much like gold digger. And she's like, no. I but by the end, I stopped caring about her relationship with, uh, with Tony Curtis. Curtis. And I, all I cared about was Jack Lennon. Oh, Jack Lennon is great. Billionaire. With the weird billionaire who... Who? Is that what the AFAB movie was like piss taking? I haven't seen the AFAB movie, so I can't really Oh, Okay. It's not like even that good a movie by really enjoyed. Oh, okay. It was on iPlay a few weeks ago, it might still be on there. Okay, my And Joanna Lumley cross dresses as a man uh, to gain a wealthy spouse. Oh. And they drive off at the end. And I'm pretty sure that the wealthy spouse says the same mm. line as. Oh. Yeah, I that was might, sure. Yeah. And I was like, oh. But I mean, no, this, this film so kind of came out in 1959, sort of from the emerging kind of queer scene in the late 1950s and 1960s, became sort of an icon film because it is it's two men in dresses for 90 minutes yeah for 90 minutes and also it's supposed to like be quite fun and you're supposed yeah. to like it and also men hit on them yeah obviously even though they're very unattractive women um but I remember men are trash but men are trash exactly and think in a skirt yes am i right uh and you're not supposed to yeah. like you're not really supposed to have a problem with that which i kind of love yeah and it it definitely has the sort of it's it's a very sort of a light-hearted, it's a dumb film when you think about it. Yeah. Because obviously the minute they walked in, they'd be like, you are men in dresses. Yeah. And you have to suspend your disbelief anyway. So you think, great, yes, this billionaire is going to be hideously attracted to Jack Lemmon in a dress. Yeah. Great. Oh, well, the beginning is so confusing, though, if you're expecting a costume oh, yeah. caper. Because it's like all about the mafia and like people playing jazz. And I was like, have I, am I watching like a dark la la? Yeah. Or what is it, it takes about... 15 minutes to get going but once once they're in dresses and they're and they're yeah, with then the band then it is fun it's it's not my favorite of those sort of era films i do prefer gentlemen for blondes because i think also diamonds are a girl's best friend is one of the best songs in the musical ever <laughs> putting it out there because it's great but i yeah i i'm glad you enjoyed it because i was i was worried you were going to watch this and think Oh no, this is really kind Hasn't of aged well. yeah. Because I, I definitely can you can see that angle with this film. Yeah, I yeah I just basically acknowledged it to myself and then moved on. Yeah, but I would not say it's like like I would watch this as a fun movie, mm. but I would not watch this as like a funny movie. No, I think my definition of comedy has clearly changed. Yeah, as in like when I think comedy, I think of like Monty Python or. Mm. Anchorman but you can like definitely see where things for, like Python come from this because it is slightly absurd and yeah. then Python just kind of yeah. pushes it even though Python's about 15, 20 years later. Yeah, I don't know if they they are inspired by I mean, there was a lot of cross-dressing in Python. Yeah, but people always find cross-dressing funny. I know, but I, I think... Interesting 
to, you know, yeah. something to be happy about that though. Yeah, definitely. To be honest. But, but, you know, we'll have that another time. We will, we will. Okay, right, moving on to my film. Right, I'm going to preface this by saying it's one of my favourite films and I already know that Sam's betrayed me in every way. But it's cool. We're watching 27 Dresses. So 27 Dresses is a classic rom-com. Came out in 2008 towards the end of the like peak noughties era rom-coms. It was directed by Anne Fletcher, stars Katherine Heigl and James Marsden. Why isn't James Marsden anymore? And it revolves around a woman who's been a bridesmaid 27 times and she's obsessed with weddings and, you know, in the classic style, she puts everyone else above herself, including her sister, and it's so difficult for her and she's a bit of a klutz. She's in love with the wrong man and everything goes tits up and then at the end it's all fine. Yay! Okay, as Alice, as Alice alluded to, I really hated this. Okay, this is, this is the thing, is I've tried to intellectualise why I didn't like this. Okay. First off, you know Hallmark Christmas films? Yeah. They're bad, but they're kind of intentionally bad, and they're played not very seriously. This, to me, was a Hallmark Christmas film played seriously. What? No, they're not taking it seriously. Oh, it, it, for me, it reeked of... Oh, we're saying so much about so many things, and I just oh. Oh really? I thought it was such like they're just no. like a laugh. And then, this is the thing. I hate the premise of this film. I hate the premise of this film. Why? Okay, you have been a bridesmaid twenty-seven times. Therefore, you must be meaningful in twenty-seven people's lives. Yeah. Why then do you keep obsessing with that and seven men and this thing? Because everyone's getting married, Sam. Yeah, but you know what? Lead in a bit. You have a great job. You have great friends. She doesn't have, like, as in, she has a quite good job. No, obviously she's like, in, like, have you ever seen a rom-com in which someone starts out being like, well, everything's fine and peachy in my life? Well, she no. She has to be upset with her well, life. Well, no, but the thing is, is that she felt, felt so one-dimensional as a character. And also, but, but the, then there's the other angle of her being a bridesmaid in 27 weddings, is that... She's a pushover. Yeah. And she literally lets people use her. That's the point. Yes, but then she lets the main romantic lead use her. She doesn't grow throughout this film. She does grow. No, no. He reads her diary, he negs her, he manipulates her, he writes a horrible article about her, and she still gets with him. No, it's the, okay, it's the noughties. Again, if we're going to think about this, we're going to think about traditional rom-coms of the noughties and all of the people are dicks in them. Yes. So we have to keep that as rest. If all the people are dicks, <coughs> why isn't it funny? I did not laugh at all They're at this film. The is such a great scene. No. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be like, I'd, weirdly, I don't I, know. By that point, I was checked out of the film so much. I was like, oh my God, why are you still with him? Oh, also, a romantic name really named Kevin. Uh, no. no. Oh, like, yes, I do take out the Christmas. Yeah, and I mean, I just have, going through this film, I had, this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem. Like, she is basically used by every character in this film, with the exception of the best friend, who is the only redeeming feature of this film. I fucking love the best friend. Oh, the best friend is the only reason this film is getting points. Shout out to you. She's great. You are the only good thing in this film. She's the only reason this film is getting points for me. What? James Martin is the most attractive man. Attractiveness cannot stop undick you. That's the thing. Is it? No, it can in the movie though. No, it's no. Like that. It really because, can. Because the thing is, is if he was played 
as the Greg character. And also, when we say he reads her diary, I want to make it very clear, he reads her calendar. He doesn't read her diary like her deepest and darkest thoughts. Still, it's such, an invasion no, of privacy. A, yeah, but it's a very different invasion of privacy. It is a very different invasion of privacy. Because if, if someone read where I was going to be, obviously that's creepy and stuff. But if someone actually read my actual diary, oh, yeah. that would be such a different thing. Uh, yeah, admitted. But still, the opening montage is 12 minutes of her going to two different weddings. Yeah, it's so entertaining. It drags. I love it. I was like, oh, this, this is half an hour of the film. What, we're only 10 minutes in. Oh, I they play, this could be me. They are doing the YMCA and not playing YMCA. That annoyed Please, me. Because they couldn't get the right. I know, but then don't play YMCA. But just well, that's what you do at weddings. No. Uh, Lit literally, Catherine Heigl in this film is everyone's wedding bitch. She's yeah. like, oh, great, you can be my wedding bitch. That's the premise. But even the receptionist, the receptionist at work. That's the premise. I know, but the premise is shit. No, because I can still see that happening. No, because the thing is, is I think people often say, oh, this is a great rom-com, this is a great rom-com. And I think back to great rom-coms and think, well, hang on, there are ones where the protagonist is a dick, like Pretty Woman, but the chemistry between Richard Gere and Julia Roberts in that film is incredible. Equally, while you were sleeping, Sleeps in Seattle, they have those kind of... The, the main guy is a dick. And then there are other ones where the main guy isn't a dick, but she's attracted no, to the think, dick, like think, Legally Blonde. I don't blonde. think Tony Dresses is in a great rom-com on the field, in the plane of, like, Pretty Woman. We're not talking, like, it's a classic in terms of, like, that era of classic. Because you're talking about a different era of rom-com. Yeah, well, rom-coms went shit. No, but in the noughties, of the rom-coms that were made then, which are your classics, like, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, like, all of those kind of things, this is a great How does the guy in 10 days though is better than this? Okay, I disagree, but okay. I I think it's... I'm saying in that realm, uh, 27 yeah. dresses should be higher. Because it's just the scene where she tries and all the bridesmaids dresses make me so happy. And I'm just thinking, why have you like why have you kept these ugly, ugly things? Like, also, and she says, because it's like memories, and then at the end she gets rid of them. Yeah. Character development. But like, she has a camera. She has a camera. She could remember how awful she looked. It's the She didn't have a phone camera. She just has a shitty yeah. camera. But she had, there were clearly photos being taken of her Different. at all these weddings. I keep, I keep clothes that are like, I don't really wear oh. anymore because it's like mems. Literally, literally. She, Marie Kondo has not come into her life yet and that's okay. Marie Kondo needs to come into her life at the beginning of this film. And yeah, be like, obviously because she needs to be sorted out, but like, actually I haven't seen Marie Kondo. Yeah, and literally everything is like, they're going to see their dad. Oh, the dad's going to prefer the sister. Great. Oh, the sister. The dad doesn't prefer the sister. Oh, the dad fully prefers no, the sister. No, he doesn't prefer the sister. She is younger, so she gets treated differently, which is completely accurate. No, the dad fully prefers the sister. No, the dad prefers the sister, and then he This is younger sibling, older sibling talking. Yeah. <laughs> this is classic, but he doesn't prefer the younger sister. He's just nicer to her because she's the youngest. No, I don't think he is. All her I, life. I, think, I think because she's been babies all her life, therefore she keeps doing that, and the dad's like, you know what? She cares about me. No, she has manipulated you as well. No! Ah. He just shows it more outwardly because that's what he's grown up with because his wife died when he was young, clearly. And then the older sister has become, in essence, the woman of the house in a very cliche way. But it means that he's less likely to show his affection for the older woman because he thinks that she can survive without it, whereas he thinks the young one can't survive without affection. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. That was not how that was played. Point. It was played as the dad prefers the no, younger sister. Therefore, Catherine Heigl is allowed to be stomped on by men. No, she... She doesn't understand why that might be. Like, you can psychoanalyze it to show why he does that. If she obviously thinks that he prefers the younger sister, but my point is that, actually, if you think about it logically, 
He doesn't. He just thinks but that she needs more outward affection. You shouldn't have to like. I shouldn't have to psychoanalyze the characters in a Catherine Heigl film. That's interesting. No. Yeah. No. About sibling relationships. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, also, I take issue with the two leads, as I don't think they have any chemistry. Um, you're wrong. No, 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 no. It's, it's almost as if they're acting on different anyone. screens. I literally am watching them thinking, well, hang on, there's very few scenes where they're shot in the same place. Like, there's a lot of kind of, when they're having conversations, it's cut to Catherine Heigl, cut to James Larson, cut to Catherine Heigl. There's a lot, very few where it's kind of, you see them together. And I think that's an important yeah, thing. Yeah, they're not like a dream team. Like, I'm not going to put them on my wall, but like, James Larson is so great, and Catherine Heigl is like your classic rom-com that you I just don't think it matters. Yeah, and Penny and the Jets is such a good scene! No! Yes! They're drunk, they're wet, they go to a pub, they get drunk. After he's negged her five times in the car. Yeah, but like, I don't even think you can call that negging at that point. Oh no. Because well, he's not trying to get her to become attracted to him. I think they're having a... I, don't, like, I think he has to have boundaries between negging someone, which is specifically putting them down in order to get into their past, which I don't think he's doing. Oh, I think he does that and fully at the beginning. Maybe at the beginning... No, no, I don't deny that maybe he does it at some point in the film. But definitely 100% at that point, they are having an argument as adults. And it's, I think it's reductive. I don't, I know, I don't, I don't think it reads as them having an argument as adults. I really, I didn't how get is it making because he's not trying to get into her pants? Well, no, because way. the whole time it seems that like, oh, he's writing this article about her so he can sleep with her. No! It seems so advantageous oh, to that's me. that's so not what I thought. That's, that's the take I think it's advantageous in a way that he's using her to further his career. Yes. Yes, agreed with that. I don't think it's because he wants to sleep with her. No, I definitely thought I that. I don't think that's ever Was it was like, I want to sleep with this girl that I met at this wedding. Ooh, here's her calendar. No, I didn't think it was ever about sleeping with her. I, Which yeah. is such a fucking mess. Like, why would you want to sleep with her? Like, Explain then. They are rubbish. No, but I just think, I, I always, I've never even thought that that's what he intended. Like, I always thought he's trying to, like, build his career, which is still a bit of a dick move to use someone to build your career, but, like, way less of a dick move. And then he falls in love with her as they go along. Classic. No, I, I didn't. And it's kind of, it's for me, it's the scene when, kind of, her and Greg finally kiss, and her and Greg are like, no, there's been all this tension. And that actually, I... So made, Greg is her boss. Who Greg is her boss, who is the, the other man in this thing. Yeah. And that, in a way, endeared me to Greg more. I was like, you know what? Oh, but Greg's such a great guy. Greg is such a great guy, but again, he's a pushover. Yeah, but but and but also he he's, he's not in the film enough, and also but he was always paired with the annoying sister, and it was all that kind of like I love him so much. Oh no, you can't have him. Oh, he's the best. I was just oh, yeah. this film is basically about lying to someone to get them to like you. No, and then learn that that's not what you can do. You yeah, but they still that. kind of end up with the people that lied to them. Yeah, but only when the person who's lied to them admits that they lied and like sucks. They out lied the once, though. What's stopping it's them like from lying again? Yeah, but Mean Girls did it in a, you know, way with jokes. I did not laugh once at this film. I don't think it's for laughing. It's a rom-com. There should yeah, be at least some con. Yeah, you don't have to laugh, though. I think it's like a con-con. Yeah, I just... I... Oh, it just... It makes me so happy. It's like so mm. many sequences that... Judy Greer is funny. I think she's... Judy, Judy Greer, for me, is the one bit I thought, why isn't the film about you dealing with the fact that everyone in your life is a terrible person? Yeah, but like... It was, and you it was kind get of the fun scene where she tries on the dresses. Well, see, I'm like, clearly, the brides that you are friends with or that are your family are fucking sadists. Because those dresses look like they were picked out by someone who had never worn clothes before. An eternal naturist, if you will. Thought. But you, I just think, oh god, it's like, maybe it's because of this film, but as a young girl, knowing that that potentially could be in my future, I watch it and I'm like, 
Like, who knows what the, people go weird about their weddings. I know, but I just- They go really weird, and I can so picture someone that I was friends with suddenly, like, out of nowhere being like, oh, we're actually gonna do a themed, and we're gonna do, like, a Harry Potter themed scene, but we need to wear robes and something. And uh, do you think I could fully picture someone doing that and just being like, I, what is happening? I could. But having to go along with it because it's their wedding. But I wouldn't keep it. I wouldn't keep them. That's the issue. I might. No. I honestly keep stuff that I don't really like because someone gave it to me and I feel bad about throwing it out or because You need it to Marie Kondo yourself. Special moment in my life or something. Oh no. And it's funny, like you surely that is that would be funny though. It would be. Like then if she had friends, which she doesn't because she's a rom com lead and they never have friends. Of course. Like, apart from apart from a snarky bitchy friend who's arguably the best part of any of us. Who never comes around to yeah. help them out in any problem. But anyway, whatever. If you had friends. That would be a really funny cupboard to have. If you were like, let me show you these, and then show them. Those are hilarious conversations. Yeah, but they wouldn't be in your main wardrobe. That's not her main wardrobe. It seemed like it was her main wardrobe. Definitely or a cupboard where you she only wore those clothes, is it? I don't know. It's her storage cupboard, like the one where you keep your hoover, but she keeps bridesmaid dresses. Yeah, but your hoover's way more useful. Yeah, I know it makes no sense, and I know it's a naughty's rom-com, and they don't have to make sense. Look at her apartment. She earns like look at her apartment. It's yeah, so look at her nice. apartment. She clearly earns a lot. Surely. Yeah, she, she earns a lot as like a secretary, basically. I know it makes no sense, but surely she could rent a storage locker and put that mess in there. No, no. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, yeah. If you couldn't get this, I hated this film with a burning passion. Which is just. It's, uh, I think... I have to say, I spoke to my family about this, because we both have an equal love about this, and she was fuming when she heard Sam. I mean, I spoke to my sister about this, and I told the, the school that Alice is going to give this film, and she thought, that's pretty high for this film. What did I give it? I can't we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, okay. because I mean, that's a great segue into scores on scores the doors. So, Final Space, which I know feels like an age ago that we spoke about it. Oh my God, yeah. I gave it a seven and a half. And I gave it a seven. I think that's that's a fair a fair score. I think yeah. we both enjoyed it a lot. A two of those points, at least two are for the soundtrack alone. Okay. I would say. <laughs> I'd say I'd say probably at least two of mine are for Mooncake. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then... Okay. So next, uh, Line of Duty. I gave it a nine point five. There's I... very little room with this in my. And life. I gave it a nine. Yeah. yeah. Because, it, because it's episode one, and I want to see yeah. as it progresses. <coughs> and then something like it hot. I gave it an eight. I gave it an eight. As well, I think. Yeah. Yes, it is. I think I think that's yeah. that's a fair fair rating. It's a fun caper. Yeah. And it. I finished it and felt nice, and I watched it at work when I was marking. So you know, like. <laughs> yeah. I think that really helped me this week in that I'm very unused to watching things without doing something at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And a couple of the things that we've been watching, you've been I doing. I try to pay full attention to them so I don't do anything at the same time, and I'm really like, God. Whereas I think I I if I'm watching something, I'm watching it. So that's I yeah. think possibly why. Different. Yeah. Although 27 Dresses is one of the movies I have watched just like on its own. Yeah. But okay. speaking of 27 Dresses, what scores do you give it? Um, I gave it a 7. I love this rom-com. Like genuinely yeah. one of my top rom-coms no. ever. I mean, my sister said this is generous, I'd probably give it a 4. I see what she- as in I wouldn't have gone yeah. mad if you'd given it a 4, but like you're I didn't give it a 4. Really I gave it a 0. 0.5 for Judy Greer alone. Oh. Judy Greer gets half a point. And the rest of this film, but if she hadn't been in this film, I would have given it zero. There's so much to love. There's, uh, there's uh, so much to hate. Weddings are just intriguing and no. funny and 
stressful. Oh, yeah, but if we go now stage. to the leaderboard, oh. we still have the West Wing at number one, but our new number two TV is... Line of Duty! And the, then we go to the bottom of the leaderboard, where Languishing in that space still is the 10-year plan. Yeah, not surprised. Followed by Tucker and Dale vs. Yeah. Evil, and then 27 Dresses. Yay! <laughs> you seem so unhappy with that. I'm really unhappy. I, I think just, 27 Dresses is so good. I, I don't know, I think for me, the noughties are a bit of a rom-com no-go area. Oh, that's so depressing, because I have so many great ones from there. I mean, I have Valentine's Day. Is that the one with all the multiple storylines that's yes. trying to be love actually? Yeah. In that I think I've seen a bit of it and then I turned it off. When a man loves a woman. I didn't get to that bit. Oh, I no. watched it with my flatmates, both of them, last week. <laughs> like the weekend before Valentine's Day. Even though we were all fine and not like, oh, we're I'm so alone. But we watched it and both of them cried at the same Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't. I, haven't I won't make you watch that. Um, but on to next week. On to next week. Um, I feel like you've chosen some pretty dark stuff for me to watch and I'm really happy about that. No. Okay. But I mean, for my TV, as Alice this, this week gave me one of her favourite things to watch, I'm going to give her one of my favourite things to watch. It's a very recent Netflix miniseries called Godless. It sounds depressing. It's a western. Okay. Which, just, just don't think okay. like John Wayne cowboy western, it's not that. Okay. It's really good. I've gone for something slightly lighter. Okay. Called Eye Zombie. Which doesn't sound lighter when you. Eye Zombie? True. Yeah, it does. Um, which is like the, a very weird, campy, kitschy program about a girl who becomes a zombie and no one else knows. So she works in a morgue and she eats people's brains, but then she suddenly gets flashbacks to how they die so she can become a detective. So it's like a detective slash zombie Ooh, slash like exciting. funny show. Exciting. Fun, fun. Yeah. No. And then for the film, I've asked you to watch a kind of Dickensian murder mystery starring Bill Nye called The Limehouse Golem. Is this fun or is it dark? It's dark. Oh. It's not fun. Okay. I gave you Final Space this week and Some Like It Hot. I know, and I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> so here we're gonna we're gonna go. Okay, with... I'm giving you a, a light film. Yeah. Um, but a, a, something that should be a classic but is not a classic due to various circumstances beyond its control, which we'll go into next week. Um, but it's an '80s movie. Oh, okay. Space Camp. Oh, I'm excited. And you will love it. And it's got a robot in it and sci-fi stuff. I'm very excited. I love it. Um. But in the meantime, you can follow us on social media of all sorts. We're on yeah. Instagram, please don't, don't make, make me watch. watch. And on Twitter at don't, don't make me watch. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.